0: Welcome to Chuck and Aardvark versus the Galaxy.
1: I'm Chuck. I'm Aardvark. And there ain't no galaxy like the galaxy you're in right now. Uh, Before we get started today, uh, we have a couple points of order to take care of. As you can hear from the ruckus, we did have to change locations once
0: again. Yes, uh, following our last recording at Millie's Diner, while I was eating my eggs, uh, the waitress came back. And she brought friends.
1: Turns out, this is a small town, and they everyone knows everybody else.
0: Everyone keeps their doors unlocked at nine, and you wouldn't expect something like this to happen here.
1: And in our town, there's only one rule. You don't mess with our waitstaff. So we
0: were driven out of that town. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we are not allowed to return there. which
1: Which uh, is also where I live, so that's why we can't... We can't access the basement anymore. Yeah,
0: Charlie's actually uh, homeless right now. He's actually staying at my place, crashing, which, you know, I love you, man, but you are homeless. Uh, Just want to make it very clear. Ari repeatedly
1: reminds me that I'm homeless, that this is not home. Yeah, you know the
0: phrase, there's no place like home." It's true, there is no place. (laughs) Right. We are now actually... You know, you know,
1: the, you know, home alone? Well, I'm just alone.
0: (laughs) We are currently located uh, under a bridge... There's a man over there in the corner, he's eating bones. They look to be rat bones.
1: If I if we can just like paint a word picture here, he's uh, he has a pile of rats, they're still alive, and he's deboning them and just eating the bones. It's not like he's eaten the meat and he's like just licking go- the bones. Licking the bones, he's gotten desperate. No, he's this is a man who goes for the bone.
0: And what's weird is the rats seem totally fine. Like they don't seem like they're in that much pain. Uh,
1: you know, they're sort of these floppy piles of skin are they're doing they're crawling away. But not like in an. And they're smiling. Way.
0: They are grinning <laughs> ear to ear. It's actually kind of charming. It's, it's, so oh look. One of those
1: little skin rats is on your shoulder.
0: Oh hey there, buddy. I was going to say that I didn't believe bones existed, but then I remember he's eating bones, that so they must exist. So yeah. that's a. Uh, we're know. not.
1: We're not. We're not at the theory yet, bro. <laughs> All right. So uh But okay, let's uh take care of our pod biz real quick. So we have continued to get confused emails from you fearless denizens of the galaxy just about like what this central park thing is. Uh so here's the deal. On May 17th, we're all showing up to Central Park, the part we've been to se- we've we've tried these Central Park rallies before and it did
0: not go well. We set a fire it's been a, we actually haven't been able to return to that town since. Unfortunately, it seems that the amount of towns left for us is growing smaller every day.
1: I also think that I should we should be clear, because I feel like this was confusing to people. This is not the Central Park in New York City. Oh, th- do you think people
0: thought that it was? I,
1: I uh, We got a lot of emails being like, oh, hey, uh, just bought my tickets to New York, non-refundable. Got a lot of emails like
0: that. And I was like, ah, shoot. Well, I hope you guys do have a very good time in New York, whoever you are. Um, but no, the Central Park we're referring to is a—it uh, is in the middle of a swamp in Louisiana, and it's actually a parking lot. It's a central parking lot. There was a Target there. Um, well, there was—that was—that was a fire.
1: Yes, that was the fire. We lit a Target on fire. This was a dark time for us. Ari and I had just woken up to the fact that we are just two insignificant. Specks of dust in this galaxy, and we weren't fearless innocents. We were full of fear. That's what this show really is about: is we've accepted our place in the cosmos as the spokesperson for all sentient life.
0: Exactly. Like, we realize how important we really are. We
1: realize that that's how we came to terms with our insignificance. We realized that it was a lie. (laughs) We're actually very significant. Like, there can't be any other possibility. And now, because of its significance, uh, we've designated that as our meeting place. We feel like there's a lot of really good mojo there. And so, that's where we are going to meet with all of the denizens of the galaxy who are really seeking to know
0: the truth... And if you uh, maybe feel a little confused and think that this sounds like a cult, it is not. We are not forming some sort of society. We're just accepting our place in the galaxy as your fearless leaders. And so we will tell you about the dance next week. Uh, moving on to... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The dance, we will we will get to that because that is crucial. That is key to our plans.
0: Yeah, if you don't know the dance, you ain't going. Uh,
1: so I went to the dry cleaners and... Um, as one does. And I was picking up some shirts that I had left there. As one does. I noticed immediately that something was off. Oh, that rat's braiding your hair. It's very
0: sweet. I don't know. It's, it's, it's almost, it's, you know, without the bones in the way, he's softer somehow.
1: I mean, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> he doesn't have bones. <laughs> anyway, I was examining my dry cleaning, but I sort of realized as I was looking at them that I'm pretty sure that all of the buttons were replaced with exact replicas stitched the exact same way back onto the shirt, but every button was different.
0: If they looked exactly the same and were stitched the exact same way. How could you know they were different? So you know how you you come home from school when you're a kid? Yeah. And you're like, you know, I'm home.
1: The bus dropped me off. And uh, your little sister comes like running in and she's like, hey, Charlie, I'm so glad you're home. And you know
0: it's not her. This was before my entire family was murdered, of course. I didn't have a younger sister growing up. You know, when I was a little kid, I was, it was, I had an older sibling. So she did tell me though, that one day she came home, I ran up to her and said, hey, you know, you're home, which I never would do. No, I would never welcome her. I was resentful of everybody. I hated everyone. So, but I I don't remember doing any of that. that. That's, that's.
1: How I knew that something was wrong was that my sister was always terrible to me. And how I knew that she had come back was a couple of nights later, I woke up and she was standing over me, pouring gasoline over my face. And that was the real sister.
0: Kind of sweet. And, uh, okay, so what you're telling me... You can just tell when things are,
1: are different. There's like a resonance to objects, like a barcode.
0: Yeah. Like DNA? But buttons don't have DNA. And neither does your sister. Well, not anymore. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, I feel like you're not understanding what I'm saying. I think I do. I think I see what you're saying. All things that exist as their own entity, a button, a sister, a boneless rat, some way that we are able to identify things that when that thing is different, even if it looks the same, we intrinsically know the barcode is different. And I think it must be the
1: same reason that we, like, that we feel connected to objects, right? Like, why is it that when you have like a certain, like a, like a toy bear, and you know that, this, that these bears have been, have been mass manufactured? And I know psychologists will say, well, it's because people's brains are irrational and we attach significance to experiences. But I think it's more than that.
0: When I was a kid, I had a goldfish. hmm it same with Steve Martin. Steve Martin was my was my buddy. I took him everywhere in a little bag, right? right. Like a little little plastic bag. Shook him around, let him have fun, you know. <laughs> right. and the bounce the bouncing water. Like I wanted, I wanted to simulate what it felt like to be in the waves of the ocean. So I shook that water all the time. And uh, what's weird is that he survived for like fifteen years, which is not normal for a goldfish. However, I learned from my sister that fish died constantly, mm-hmm. many many times. Yeah. Apparently, my parents would replace Steve Martin with a relatively similar-looking goldfish. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I had started to notice something was wrong, but not until I was about 10. On my 10th birthday, I was going to celebrate with Steve Martin. I went down to Steve and I was like, Stevie? Stevie? But Steve wasn't there. Stevie was Nicks, man. This wasn't there.
1: <laughs> Did you wonder what had happened to Stevie? Stevie wondered. I wondered where Stevie was. Um, I feel like you're not considering the possibility that your fish kept coming back to life. But we'll put a pin in that. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> For the purposes of answering your question, because I do think that 10 is significant. I mean, look, it's two numbers. It's twice as, <laughs> it's,
0: it's twice <laughs> it's as many twice, as five. It's twice
1: <laughs> as many, no, it's twice as many numbers as nine. Hmm. Twice as many numerals. 10's the big one if you are luck, fortunate enough to have a life where you get to celebrate your birthday every year.
0: Not, a, not an experience you were able to... Uh
1: to have in my family we celebrated that day but we were celebrating my mom for giving birth to me and and I wasn't really included happy birthday mom yeah happy day of birth happy day of birth of giving birth and I always thought like oh well this makes sense she did most of it (laughs) I was just screaming the whole time um but then I started comparing myself to my peers, which is, I mean, I learned at a very young age, I should not do
0: that. Ten's kind of the forgotten age in some ways, isn't it? It's a big, it's one of the most significant birthdays you can have. People tend to think about the days around it more. Yeah, and it's because it's, it's a little overshadowed by all of the just garbage that comes after. What if puberty is nature's way of distracting us from the revelation we've made at 10.
1: It's Adam and Eve, right? And they have that moment of, like, of knowledge. And then God says, nope, nope, nothing to see here. Your bodies
0: are changing. You're naked. I have to ask you a question. How did you learn about the story of Adam and Eve, you specifically? Um, did you read the Bible? What happened was
1: uh, I found this book in a locked vault in my father's study. And I was fascinated. It blew my little mind. And this, so I, I kept it under my floorboards and I read it every night as kind of like a, a way of rebelling against my family.
0: Your family is dead now, and I've noticed, even though you mentioned how tragic it was, how much happier a person you have been since they all died. I mean all families are different. In the target fire. Which, you know, we'll we'll talk about another time. It's a yeah, whole yeah,
1: we we I mean, look, I certainly didn't know they were in there. But <laughs> One time my mom caught me reading the Bible and she slapped me across the face and she said, you will not read this smut. I think that puberty has been built into our genes to distract us from the revelation. Things are phasing in and out of existence. If we realized what was going on around us, we would go insane.
0: You ever heard of the Mandela effect? The Mandela effect is the idea that we are phasing from universe to universe And little things change. For instance, that some people say, well, I thought Nelson Mandela died in the 80s, but apparently he died a lot more recently than that. Little details change, and sometimes we notice. And I'm wondering if the Mandela effect, we know, well, it's a fun little theory. I'm wondering if maybe it's but a tiny portion of this larger story that we are uncovering now, which is that we can tell when things change. We just aren't able to do so. And I'm wondering now that you've unlocked it, whether you're going to go insane. I mean you're wearing the shirt right now. You literally just came from the dry cleaner's like an hour ago. But like Right. I mean that's how I that's how I clean all of my clothes. Yeah, I mean I won't You be, won't let me use your laundry. Absolutely room. not. I don't you foul stench seeding into my washing machine. <laughs>
1: So we're all phasing through the universe. We are the only beings who have the cognitive abilities to notice the change because every universe has its own
0: barcode. For all we know, all animals know this. They all know and just don't give a crap.
1: If I posited earlier that that there might be a regenerating goldfish, then why am I drawing the line at animal cognition?
0: Maybe animals know this stuff and they just don't care. Maybe it's just like second nature. Maybe we are the only species who are you know, dumb enough to go through puberty. I mean, what animal goes through their goth phase? <laughs> <laughs> They're just fine. <laughs> They're just fine. They're just the same. So I don't think this ability is something that comes from being experienced or being like smart or dumb. I think it's just an innate sense that we get between the ages of ten and thirteen to fourteen, whatever age your puberty hits. I actually went through puberty at nineteen. Uh, it was very late in the process. Uh, yeah, that was
1: just a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was it was rough, man. Uh, I actually I was I mean I was there. I witnessed it, and honestly, it was very similar to watching a rat get deboned and then crawl away.
0: I think my deboning was. <laughs> 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 I think my deboning was very interesting in that because it happened so late I don't remember much before in terms of like what maybe I had that ability for a long time did you notice anything weird about me during those nine years where I had apparently this power before it went away? You were like a feral animal. Yeah. Your
1: eyes were darting around all the time like at school I just remember like I would tie you to your chair and your eyes would be darting around and you'd be like it's different, it's
0: different don't you see? Don't you see? God that's why I had no friends isn't it? I mean, yes. What grade? Well, how old are we in seventh grade? Uh, like, tw- mm, like 13. Do you know what grade I remember being the worst? For what? Me was sixth grade. That grade is like universally reviled. And maybe it's because that's the year when you're like at the peak of your powers. You've lost your mind. It's disillusionment. They, they've eaten the apple. Nothing matters anymore, man. The hippies were right, dude. All things are connected and nothing matters. Was that that what they were saying? You know, those nihilist hippies? (laughs) Hippies were a lot
1: darker than I think we remember them being.
0: Well, we are looking now at the world and the implications of this. That if we all lost this ability, can we get it back? And do we want it back? And I think we don't. Because clearly, it leads to problems such as loss of sanity. I
1: mean, I feel like it's a good analogy for the human condition. Our brains
0: convince us
1: that we see everything, that we know everything, and it gives us the ability to confidently walk through the world like we own the place. That's the primary purpose of our minds.
0: Maybe some people have been replaced, like your sibling was. And apparently, like I was. Because if you remember, my sister said she went through the same experience with me. I've come from a different universe. Maybe that's why my puberty hit at 19. I'm from a universe where puberty doesn't hit till 19. I mean, if you were from another universe where the rules
1: of what a person is supposed to act and look like at a certain age was
0: different, it would explain a lot. What does all of this mean, fearless denizens? What does any of this mean? Why is any of this important? And the answer is, it's not. It's not important. Be, be
1: Embrace the hippie code. There are certain things best left unknown and i'll give you a prime example to sort of i think to kind of end out our show today is it amazon (laughs) um (laughs) the bridge man i mean where is he all of his clothes are piled up over there but he's gone and
0: it's so muddy here that we would see footsteps leading away bridge man i don't remember there being a bridge man there there was definitely a man here. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's been a very lonely
1: day under this bridge. There was a man sitting over there, and he was deboning rats. We had a whole conversation about it.
0: I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh God, it's happened again. <laughs> Gass you. Sorry, guys. We'll we'll be we're just, we're going to talk about this off off uh, off mic. Listen, dude. Just I don't, I don't. Are you okay, man? Is everything okay? I'm fine. I just I think You're I, I think I just switched universes. Your buttons are the are they the same
1: ones from my butt? Oh these are my original buttons. Wow. I
0: bet. Okay, listen. I don't... This is too much to handle right now. I don't think that... I, I can't even begin to uh, decipher what's happening here. This is a... this is, I feel... I feel a second puberty coming on. Oh, God. <laughs> I think... Oh, God, the awkwardness. This is definitely ah, a mystery. My... My voice... My voice is cracking. This is definitely a mystery. Best left unsolved.
1: It's like the hippies always said, life is a cruel joke and I am the
0: punchline. <laughs> Pigluachi the hippie. (laughs) And so, as always, keep your eyes sharp and your ears clear and the galaxy will whisper to you sometimes things you didn't really want to hear. And sometimes things that you have to hear. Thank you for sticking with us through the rough stuff. Yes, we we really appreciate
1: your continued patronage after this episode. Yeah, if you stick Uh, around after this, you ain't going nowhere. (laughs) It's like my mom always said. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye.